0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Style Guides podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things Style Guides, pattern library related. Uh, My name is Brad Frost.
1: I'm Anna Debenham.
0: And today we are extraordinarily thrilled, elated even, to have the great Dan Mall with us, Dan, thanks for being on the show.
2: Hi, guys! Thanks for having me. I'm very
0: excited about this. Yeah, I, we <laughs> are I? too. Um, before, before we dive into you know all sorts of stuff about about style, guys, you want to just give everybody an idea, an overview, of sort of who you are, w- where you work, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Dan Mall. Um, I run a design collaborative
2: called Super Friendly out of Philadelphia. And I work for all sorts of businesses that need stuff figured out for them. Um, That sometimes is design. That sometimes is strategy. Sometimes they just need somebody to, you know, to to, uh, they just need a shoulder to cry on. Um, So I'm available for that if anyone wants to hire me. Um, And uh, yeah, um, my my background is in design. You know, I was trained in design and and development, um, and now I just do design work and, and some advising for other agencies.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about element collages?
2: Yeah, sure. So element collage was a thing that I made up um, because I was working with a client called Reading is Fundamental. And uh, they're an awesome company. I won't spend too much time talking about them, but they have a mission to give books to kids who've never had books, which I think is just great. Um, And when we were were working on the project together, um, they had worked with a few agencies before. They'd gone through the design process before, the web design process before. And uh, we just sort of got to the point together where we decided that, you know, full comps are probably not the thing that they wanted to see or or be useful for them because they were really interested in how their site sort of looked across different devices and different screen sizes and just different ways to access it. Um, So I just thought it was going to be a waste of time to do a bunch of comps, and they agreed. um, But we didn't really agree on what the correct solution was for them. Um, So as I was just kind of tooling around and, and, um, you know, from the kickoff meeting, uh, they were mentioning these really, really great things. These great phrases. Like they kept saying, like "electric" when they talked about their brand. They kept saying, um, you know, they kept mentioning like some of their brand elements, like like shapes and hearts and books and bubbles and things like that. Stuff that they use a lot in their print publication. And, and so um, I wrote this all down in my sketchbook. And when I went home, I opened Photoshop and I just wanted to see what those things looked like in a in on canvas. Like I didn't I didn't intend to send that to them. Um, But I just really liked how they look. And I thought, hey, I think these guys would appreciate some of this stuff. I think we could have a good conversation about it. So in the spirit of openness, we did the whole project in the open and blogged about it and all that stuff. In the spirit of openness, I was just like, I'm not going to send them the best stuff of of all of this. I'm going to send them all of it. And uh that's how the element collage was born. It was just like a-, a you know liter- quite literally a collage of elements that that some of those pieces I think captured their brand really well um and I was wrong about that, and some of them I thought didn't capture them very well, and I was wrong about that too and And we were able to have a good conversation about things like that um overlooking at this element collage thing
0: so that's how they came
2: that's to be. so cool
0: that's excellent yeah and uh and so so in in a sort of a weird way too you know, what What you're helping them doing is sort of think a little more modular, right? You're not, you're not just... It's important, obviously, to eventually paint the whole picture or whatever, but this whole idea behind sort of style guides and pattern libraries is sort of about sort of, you know, deconstructing an interface down into its component parts. and And what you're sort of doing with element collages is sort of flipping that on its head and sort of getting them comfortable with the idea of sort of looking at bits and pieces to just get that feel, uh, and, you know, to move the conversation forward. And eventually, you know, you, you'll, you'll, like, that. that is, is that still your workflow? I mean, we've worked together yeah. on a couple of projects, and so, you know, sort of, eventually you paint the whole picture, but you're not sort of coming out of the gate with it. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean,
2: I find that, that it works really well for clients and it also works really well for me, so it's partly self-serving in that you know, it works for clients because if I were to give them a comp of anything, a full comp, whether it's a mobile comp or a desktop comp or whatever word you want to use, it's a, it's a moment in time. It's a snapshot, right? Some people will see your site like this, but if I, would try to illus- if I was going to try to illustrate every moment in time, it would just take too long and it would be wasteful work. Right. Here's it on a desktop. Here's it on an Android phone. Here's it on an iPad. It would just take too long because you know there are hundreds and hundreds of different devices in different moments of, in time. So what I want to show them is here are all the pieces that we're going to be configuring in different ways for those different moments. Can you imagine them put together in different c- configurations? And if they can, then I've, I've done good work. And if they can't, then maybe I need to help them in a different way. Um, and so I find that it's, it's good for them to be able to think in that way. And if I can lead them in that direction, I think that's great. Um, and then for me, it's totally self-serving because it lets me design only the pieces that I'm excited about. You know, the stuff that I, you know, I think designers have the hardest time with things that they don't know what to do with. Like sometimes you just don't know what to do with the footer, but if you're doing a comp, you got to design the footer, right? You can't just leave the footer out, but with element mm-hmm. collages, you can, because you could be like, well, I don't know what the footer is going to be like, and I'll design that later. Um, But I do know what the search box is going to look like. And I do know what the, you know, and I have this great idea for how the map should work. And you get to show them those things. um, and, And I find that, you know, designers tend to, or at least for me, the pieces that I'm most excited to design are the ones that I can design super fast. And the ones that that I have no idea for, I can defer those because, you know, I just I don't I don't want to spend all of my excitement, and all my momentum on the boring stuff, honestly. So I find that they're they're self-serving. You know, they certainly let me just design the pieces that I'm excited about and they lead to a good conversation with with clients.
1: And I guess that means that you can work in quite an agile way. You know, you can be handing stuff off to the developers that you're happy with and that the client's happy with while you figure out things like the footer
2: yep exactly. you know and, and like that's how we build websites. it's piecemeal, but we sort of have fooled our clients into thinking that we don't do that. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I like this process because it, it's, it's more transparent. It's like, this is the way that we work. you know if you want to see how the sausage is made, you can get a peek in. if you, if you don't, that's okay too. you know I'm happy to work the, the other way. Um, so, so I think it's, I think it's really great for that too.
1: And are there clients you think this wouldn't work with?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I don't think this is, I don't think I know of any deliverable that is, you know, the one deliverable to rule them all that works on every (laughs) single project, you know, and and I think a lot of people are looking for that. And I I just, I haven't found that yet. I don't, I don't know that it exists. And if it exists, I just don't know, you know, somebody please tell me (laughs) what it is. But there are some clients that just don't get element collages and they're like, Cool. What is this? And the, and part of, part of that is that designers don't know how to talk about them, you know. And I think there's some education needed there. And and the second part is sometimes it's just really hard to come up with. Um, you know, one of the tricks that I do on sites where I just can't design like elements only is I will design a full comp. And then I'll deconstruct it and show the client the deconstructed version, right? I'll like just break mm-hmm. it apart. Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't have to go in. Like, I, I think a lot of us make the mistake that the thing that we design has to be the thing that we show. And that's, t- that's not true. You know, like you show the thing that's going to lead to the best conversation. How you get there is is on you, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you get there by <laughs> sitting on the toilet, you know, that's what you do. If you get there by sitting in front of your computer for six hours, that's what you do too. So I, I think... Um, You know, I think one way to go about it is just if you're having trouble adopting it, um, deconstruct it, build the comp, build what's comfortable to you, design the comp, and then take screenshots of the parts or like, or build it in the browser and then take screenshots of it. Like, there's so many ways to get to that result without having to, like, to take the journey to get directly there in the shortest way possible.
0: Yep. That's excellent. Yeah. and. And, and obviously, you know, it takes a great deal of sort of explanation and conversation with the client to make that happen. But, you know, that's a, that's a worthy pursuit. right? Yeah. It's a, I think that we, we historically have gotten into, fallen into this trap of, of, you know, here I'm emailing you the Photoshop comp, give us feedback by Friday. And there's really no sort of conversation that goes along with it. And, and having worked with you... That that conversation is really the important part, right? Sort of helping them understand what it is you're trying to achieve and accomplish. The sort of sales pitch that goes along with it. Uh, rather, like you can't put style tiles and element collages in front of a client and just email to them and say, Let me know what you think in a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. I mean the the full comp thing has
2: it's really like thrown us for a loop. It's really like set us up for a bad a bad thing because like, we've gotten used to the idea that, oh, this stands on its own. I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to sell it. I don't need to tell them what's in here. I can just send it over. And it's, and it's like, enabled us to not have to have that conversation with a client. And uh, one of the things that I've been trying to pursue lately is I've just kind of adopted the the, the goal that every deliverable that I make has to come with a conversation. So, mm-hmm. like, anything that I deliver, I'm not going to, like, post on Basecamp and be like, okay, cool, post feedback here, you know, talk to you in a few days, um, everything that I deliver comes with a phone call or, or a Skype call or a Google Hangout. Um, right. uh, and, and that has, has really freed me from trying to come up with a deliverable that stands on its own. It's okay if it doesn't. It's okay if it's totally cryptic and it needs me to be able to translate for it. I mean, that, I, I feel like that's what clients are hiring. If they want comps, I mean, they can go to whatever, 99designs or, you know, they can get right. Fiverr or something and get a comp. Um, that's not why they're hiring me. You know, they're hiring me right. for my thoughts, for my expertise, you know, not just for the deliverable. So I find that if, you know, if I just assume that everything I make is going to come with a conversation, it frees me from having to make that thing so self-sustaining that, you know, that I don't have to talk through it. I think um, I think Mike Montero says this a lot, uh, he's, you know, in his, in his new book, in his previous book, um, and in his talks, he says, like, there's two steps to design. One is that you have to design something good, and then you have to convince the client that it's good, right? Like you can't do right. one or the other. You know, it's, it doesn't work without both of those pieces.
0: Right. So, so speaking of of convincing clients of things and sort of selling it and setting expectations. So this this whole idea behind you know creating a style guide, creating a pattern library, creating not just you know a final website, not just this sort of ad hoc collection of good looking web pages or, or even webpages that work well, you know, but, but really sort of not just delivering that, but also this sort of underlying system. Um, how do you go about sort of selling that process through, setting their expectations, and, and really making, making it clear to them that, that this is indeed what they need and how they need to be thinking?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think the first part of it is that, is that the majority of, of times that's true, right? That's, that's what clients need a lot. But sometimes it's not true, so I don't like to go in with the assumption that, well, every time I can sell a style guide and that's going to be the right thing. Um, Because sometimes it's not. Most times it is, you know, especially with clients and teams and organizations that, you know, they they are hiring me as a kickstart, but then they're going to have to take over this thing. And if they can't take it over in a meaningful way, um, then then whatever I deliver is useless. They just threw their money in the trash. So I think the first thing that I, I like to do is I like to go in and try to listen for the thing that they want. That, like, why are they actually hiring me? Are they hiring me for the style guide? Are they hiring me because they couldn't do it? Are they hiring me because they could do it and they just don't have time? You know, and, and that really lets me focus on what is the thing that I'm actually delivering to them that's going to help their organization? Like, they have to feel some t- type of profit from whatever they're spending money on for, for me. So I think that's that's one thing. But assuming that a style guide is is the thing that, that they need, then I think all roads point to style guide. You know, everything, every conversation along the way needs to, to inform the fact that this is what we're going to make on the end. So, you know, if you, if you hand off a full comp, well, how's that comp going to point to a style guide? How's that comp ultimately going to help them to continue to build the site and, and grow the site without you? Or if it's a style tile or an element clash or whatever the design deliverable is, how is that thing, that prototype, how is it going to point to the style guide and let them let them maintain it later on? Um, and I find that's the thing that comes out in those conversations that almost never comes up in the base camp posts of feedback. We like blue, the logo is too big, move it over, right? That has nothing to do with how they're going to take over the site in the future, right? And so like, right. I find that we spend very little time talking about the graphic design of a thing, and we spend a lot more time talking about, okay, well, if we do this, if we put this here, well, what field in the CMS do we need in order to to publish to that you know on every page of the site? I think mm-hmm. that leads to more meaningful conversation. So you know, in, in, if the style guide is the thing, or the maintainable thing is is what is really the value of what they're hiring you for you know for that project, then I think all conversations need to really point to that, and um, and that gives you a better way to talk about design. Um, you know, I keep talking about Mike Montero here, but I think his book is fantastic in the way that he talks to designers about presenting their work. One of the biggest sins in talking about work that designers do is they do the real estate tour. Here's the logo in the top left. Here's the nav <laughs> in the top right. right. Then there's the carousel. Like, yeah, I mean, they have eyes. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like they can right. see what's there. But but if you talk about it in context of the goal, you know, the, with the logo we put over here because we could mark it up this way because you can manage it in the CMS this way and because it's more modular for you if you ever need to change it. Great, like. That's a right. really objective way to talk about design, not, you know, do you like the size of this? Yes, no, check this box. Um, so I find oh, that all, all the conversations that I try to have um, are really about pointing to how maintainable is this for them and is this actually going to be valuable for them.
1: And what you're saying about maintainability is something that I think a lot more agencies should be considering because uh, no, I, I, I think there's quite a habit of um, an agency kind of flying in, Doing their thing, dropping off. You know, it's perfect. It's done. And then, you know, six months down the line, what? Yeah, you know, where? What? What's happening to the style guide? Is it still being maintained? And it's something that's a lot harder to do unless you're in house. Um, so it's good to hear that you're kind of, you're assessing their needs and, and finding out whether they will maintain it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you know, let's be honest, I've done that a million times before, right? It, that's easy. <laughs> it's the easier way out. You drop a, you know, you drop the, the final deliverable on them and you pat them on the back and you say, good luck. Let's get a drink sometime, you know? And then <laughs> six months later, you look at the site and you're like, oh, I can't believe what they did with that site. Well, yeah, because yeah, well, you, you didn't give them the, the tools. Yeah, you
1: and you see it hasn't been updated. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's because you didn't empower right. them to do that. Um, I read a, a great post recently by uh, Sarah WB where, that she wrote called um, something like "less practice, more" or sorry, "less training, more practice." And she <laughs> makes a great point that like we like the farthest that we go often in our industry is we train our clients. Hey, we're going to train you how to use a CMS. We're going to do a you know a one hour Skype call to show you how to use a CMS. Good luck maintaining your site, you know. But, she, but what she's saying is we should create more time for people to practice using s- style guides and content management systems and, and like let them fail in a way that we can coach them some more, let them practice on it as opposed to just relying on training, you know? And I think, I think that's a lot of the reason why people are, are hiring in-house, you know, and and acquiring and doing all this stuff because then you, you, you don't risk the like drop off the deliverable, good luck to
0: you.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And it's, it seems to me this, this massive sort of untapped resource for these agencies to you know, because that is, I mean, it's a huge shift. You know? yeah. People, people hiring more people in house, internal teams building their own uh, design and development teams, which I think is absolutely wonderful. But like, there is such a potential for agencies doing work to sort of sell this this concept of of not yeah of not training, but 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 practicing and sort of riding alongside them until they're, you know, until they're very successful fishermen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the whole, like, teach, teach a man to fish sort of thing. And I think, I think that it sort of fly, It certainly flies in the face of the, you know, we are these experts and, you know, we make beautiful things and then we will, you know, sort of give those to you and then sort of ride off into the sunset. Like, it definitely <laughs> uh, undermines that whole thing. But, like, especially when it comes to working in, a, you know, a, a client relationship uh, and sort of delivering these thoughtful systems, you know, atomic design systems and, and, pattern lab. And, you know, we've worked on a, on a few projects like this, yeah. it's, you know, we'll, we'll deliver the thing, but, you know, unless the project actually has that sort of baked into, to the, you know, to the the project plan where we're going to hang around and make sure that, that this design system that we've, spend a long time thinking about and developing and crafting doesn't just get thrown in a trash can the same way that a, that a PDF does or a PSD does.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm getting tired of working on projects that never launch, right? Like I, I'm, <laughs> that sucks. You know, you spend a lot of time on stuff and then they just never launch for whatever reason. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it is that they didn't know what to do with it. You know, you didn't give them the tools to do it. Other times it's other things out of your control. But, you know, I, as much as I can now, I'm more and more in every proposal I write. And I think Anna, you, you might know this because we've, we've pitched a couple of things before together. Um, mm-hmm. In every proposal I write, I'm leaning more and more towards just baking in a time where it's like we're going to spend whatever, six months on the site, you guys are gonna work, live with it for a month or two, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna assess, um, you know, what what worked and what didn't, and and help you fix it. And Anna, I actually, I think I got that idea from you because you you mentioned that you had done that uh, a couple of times with clients that that worked really well. And because there's a bunch yeah. of things that you don't anticipate, you know, after a month you come back and you go, okay, how did it go? And they're like, oh, we did this and this and this. And you're like, why did you do that? That's super weird. Like I never would have thought you would have done that, you know, and then it gives you the opportunity to fix it. So I've been just trying yeah. to bake that into the, into every project anyway. Like this is just par for the course. This is how we do it. We give you a thing, you work with it, we let you practice and then we come back and that's part of the deal.
1: Yeah. I had that with, um, co for America. So, I built a, a star guide and six months later they, they asked me to come back and have a have another look at it based on how they were using it, which was so great. I mean, I love being given the opportunity to do that. And there were things that I was quite surprised that they were, like they kind of decided that they wanted fewer classes, which is kind of going against the grain of, of modular um, CSS. Um, so I kind of, I had to to pivot and and take out a lot of the classes and make it a lot more you know you put one class into the parent element and then the rest all kind of trickles down um so making it much more specific in a way um which I I didn't really feel comfortable with but at the end of the day it meant that they could write better html and that they could uh implement things more easily without because they had a lot of um a lot of people writing the code a lot of people who perhaps you know front-end development wasn't their main skill so it was important that that you know if they missed out a class somewhere that it didn't break everything
2: yeah I'm I'm all for that I'm all for throwing theory out the window if it makes people be able to use the site better and maintain it better I'm I'm happy to to discard that stuff all right so what if it's you know if your your CSS is not uh you know is not going to win any awards anymore at least they can use the (laughs) site you know
1: yeah, I mean it's all just fashion, isn't
2: it? Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> CSS flavor of the week. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. but uh, but yeah, but but no, this trend is, is is fascinating, and that's so cool to to hear your guys' experience with that. Where you know you guys are both working in a client relationship, but you're not in house, you're not embedded, you're not you're not the ones living and working with the thing that that you've at one point in time delivered to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, like how do you and that and that's the whole idea behind these sort of style guides and, and pattern libraries and stuff is to create a maintainable system, something that's that's meant to be lived with and grown and evolved over time uh for the benefit of the organization. So that's really awesome how you guys have sort of figured out a way to to build that into your process and your workflow and, uh, and hopefully like bill for it and all that. Yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, one of the projects I worked on uh, last year uh, with, with Tim Cadlick was a site for, um, called Radio Free Europe. It's for an organization in, in Europe that um, it's a news site in areas where free press is, is usually banned. And one of the reasons that they hired us, you know, when, when they hired us and we did a kickoff and I met their team, I mean, they have some of the smartest developers that I've ever met, you know, working there. And I'm and I asked them point blank, like 20 minutes into the kickoff. I was like, OK, I got to pause this. And we flew to Prague for this. So I live in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> we went to Prague and 20 minutes in. I'm like, so I have to ask you why did you guys hire us like you obviously you have the talent here to do the thing that you need to do and i think this is the this is the, the difference between like why people bring people in house and wh- and what the value of actual client service still is you know and this is why i don't believe that it's dead or anything like that is because their answer to me was well because we needed an outside perspective Right? And so we mm. needed people that were experts. You know, that's one thing. And people that will push our team, no matter how talented our team is. We wanted people that will push our team to do even better work. And the second thing is mm. we just need an outside perspective. Like that's the value of hiring you. You know, somebody who's not mired in our politics, in our timeframes, in our schedules, in our, you know, in our just drowned with work, with work, you know, the internal stuff that we've going on. We want that. Like that's what we value. So that's the thing that we're like, okay, well, we can focus on doing that. We can focus on the things that you guys might not be able to do in-house because of time or maybe because of, you know, your particular backgrounds or the things that we've worked on that you might not have seen or our experience working with multiple clients as opposed to working with one client in-house, you know, and and so that was the thing that was valuable to them. And I see that a lot with a lot of clients that come to me is they want that outside perspective. They want someone who is removed from their, you know, from their their day-to-day to come in and say, well, here's a thing you might not have thought of. You know, and that's the value of a consultant.
1: I think the other right. reason that people bring them in is often, you know, when their development team is very good, it's just the developers wanting someone else to say exactly the th- same things that they've been saying. Oh, but so true. They'll be <laughs> you'll be listened to more because you're external. Oh, absolutely. Yep, yep.
0: Yep. I was, I was, jo- I was joking around about putting that on my own website. It's like, <laughs> give me the script of the things you need me to tell your boss, and I will say that, and that. Will- <laughs> 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 and uh, just just build a service around saying what your internal teams have been saying for that's awesome but, uh, um you know whatever but uh um but yeah like so so for for your radio radio free Europe project were you were you tasked with creating a style guide for them yeah and was that the project. Uh, we handed off Pattern
2: Lab. That was a deliverable, um, and and we knew from the kickoff that they've used Pattern Lab before. You know, their, all of their framework is on .NET, um, so they basically did a port of Pattern Lab to .NET, um, and we delivered a PHP Pattern Lab, which they would match against their .NET Pattern Lab, and we'd sort of collaborate. So it's sort of like we worked in the same repository, but like half the repository was a PHP one and half of it was a .NET <laughs> one. It was totally crazy, um, but but. Um, we knew that that was going to be the deliverable because they are going to have to maintain this site, not only for, you know, it wasn't one site. They published 150 different sites over 60 countries. So it's like wow. this is a massive site that has like 150 variations. So a strong style guide, a strong pattern lab was going to be really crucial to them. And because we knew that we were going to deliver that, we like the, the first deliverable was a spreadsheet where we, we had one sheet for atoms, one sheet for molecules, one sheet for organisms, and one sheet for a thing that we were calling... Um, uh, presets instead of templates. Um, and we've just listed all of the elements, all of the atoms, all the molecules, all of the organisms, all the presets in the spreadsheets and just had cell-by-cell discussions in in Google Docs. <laughs> Um, about like, well, should this be a molecule or should this be an atom, and why is this an a- why is this a molecule instead of an organism? Well, what if we combine this one and this one? I mean, it was like it sounds tedious, but it was actually really awesome because we were all speaking the same language from the start. We knew that that's what we were going to be building towards, and so we could you know we could have those those discussions, and it made building the pattern lab really easy because we would worked out all the details in the Google Doc. That's awesome.
1: It's really great that you were working with the developers on like, you. were, they were they were in the Star Guide yeah, while totally. it was being built because um, I think it it just doesn't work if you just hand it over at the end. You know, I've built this thing and now now it's your problem. And you know, they they haven't had any experience with you developing that. Yeah, they, they feel a lot more. The client feels a lot more invested in it if they're actually getting involved in, in producing it.
2: Yeah, to be honest, we learned a ton from them too. You know, like they like they were writing their own version of Pattern Lab while we were writing, and we were trading notes with them. You know, and they so they would build a thing completely different than the way that we would build it, and we would have conversations about it. And, and some of those things, we were just like, "Yeah, your version's a lot better. We'll just use your version." You know, or <laughs> we'll add this one thing to it because you know. So it was, it really was a collaborative
0: process with with their team.
1: Sounds like a really good client. Yeah, it
0: was cool. It was a lot of fun. And and are they so so. Uh, they're they're still maintaining their their version of Pattern Lab.
2: Yeah, exactly. So they've got you know they've yeah. got everything in their version, and they're just porting over pieces from ours, like just piece by piece, as they do you know their unit testing, and they're going through and rolling it out kind of one site at a time because they've got these these major sites, these massive directory of sites. Um, so they're just they're mm. doing all their testing now and sort of rolling them out one by one, you know, because each site has a different different requirements and different reporters writing for them and and all of it.
1: So with that, how do you manage things like localization, so different languages? Do you do that straight in the the kind of the pattern lab? or? So that uh, thing,
2: yeah, that's a good question. That thing was out of our scope. So we knew that that was going to be a huge project that honestly we didn't have much experience with. They were way mm-hmm. better at that. So we just said, hey, we're going to focus on front-end performance. Like that was the thing that we're going to do. Really yeah. high-quality markup, really, really fast performance for these sites. I mean, because one of the things that was important on the, on this project in particular is that like they this is performance is literally a matter of life or death for them. They have people in places like Uzbekistan who illegally cross country lines just to access the content because that's the only way that they get news. And wow. and mm-hmm. some of these people have been jailed or have been hanged just for accessing their website. So wow. so like we can't have a page loading in in thirty seconds, you know that that's just not sure. it can't fly. And they only have mobile phones there. Their highest speeds are three G speeds, right? So like it's all it's all three G on on smartphones, um, mm-hmm. no desktops, no no nothing like that. So our project was specifically focused on really really well performing pages and and elements um, and and just the front end experience, and then all the back end stuff, all the localization, all that stuff they were handling uh, in house.
0: Yeah. So 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 how so so a couple things there so. How did you, and while you're not sort of tasked with creating patterns uh, and, and doing all the localization, you're surely keeping that in mind as you're establishing the patterns in the pattern library, right? Is yeah, that, exactly. So, know. so we would have well, tons of variations of the same pattern. So, for example, the header,
2: we would have a, a you know a left to right version of the header, and then a right to left version of the header. Mm. Um, and that was actually when I think just when you guys started rolling out the um, the pattern modifiers and things like that so that came in really handy for using the same pattern and just swapping out content and I think if I'm not mistaken uh, you know Tim would be better to answer this but I think Tim Tim came up with a really good way to control it all like using you know the direction stuff and CSS and and, I mean he's a wizard at that stuff so
0: there's a ton of stuff that I don't even
2: understand about what he did Um, but but we used basically the same patterns and just had variations of them using pattern modifiers or just sending new JSON to it or things like that
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And that helps keep things dry. And obviously that's, that's important, but you could add the overrides as needed. Oh, that's really cool. And then how did you sort of, um, you know, talk through, and I know that, that Tim obviously, you know, would be able to speak in in more detail, but like, what was that, that process of sort of, you know, working in this sort of modular fashion and, and how did that affect how that performance was, was there? Were you able to sort of you know, hone in on, on particular, like, oh, like this video player is crawling or, yeah. or you know, th- these these accordions are, are like, too heavy or, or, like, not necessarily, like, page load, right, like, you know, overall document. Yeah, but totally. But like, so how did you sort of do that? So um,
2: because of this project, while we were working on this project, Tim actually created a, um, a grunt, I don't know what the right word is, a grunt package, I guess, um, mm. for performance. So it's called Grunt per- Performance Budget. And it measures per element, like per pattern, how fast that pattern is loading. So it's a little thing that sits in the top right of Pattern Lab that tells you in milliseconds that this pattern loaded in, you know, 2,700 milliseconds. Um, it's, it was awesome. So like not, not just per template or per page, we, you know, we were measuring performance for all of that stuff. But we also were measuring performance at the element level, you know, at the pattern level. Like how, so how quickly was this molecule loading? You know, and, and we were able to track down like, okay, well, this molecule is pretty heavy, um, but maybe a variation of it wouldn't be so heavy, so they could choose like, do we want the heavy one or do we want the lightweight one, depending on the context of the you know of the actual page that they were trying to build. So that was that was one thing that we did, and then we just made really heavy use of performance budgets on this on this project. Um, we were always inventorying, um, you know, sort of the competitor sites, and I do, I do air quotes around competitors because the news sites it's not technically they don't have competitors, right? right. You know, but but like we were always, we were looking at places like you know Al Jazeera and the BBC and the Guardian and places that are, are really taking into account performance. Performance on on news sites, um, and we were always just kind of looking at what they were doing. Um, so there was a lot of cut in the mustard tests going on. There were a lot of um, a lot of uh, using that sort of that grunt module um, to measure performance on a molecule level, and then we were constantly updating the performance budget to to say like, okay, well, you know, this was the original budget that we had, but this this thing requires a little bit more JavaScript. So you know, kind of real time monitoring the performance budgets were uh, were a big thing for us too.
0: That's excellent. And then and then so all that thinking then so it sounds like you know that's going to be able to sort of continue to live on with them right and and, and sort of manage that.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean that, you it's know
0: like they're, they're able to manage it. Wow. Yeah,
2: we were working that's, in the same, same really gear repo, cool. right? So it's like they had exa- they had what we had as soon as we had it. So, uh, you know, being pretty transparent about that. Um, and just giving them all of uh, access to all of it, it let us have early conversations like earlier than we were comfortable with, but, but it was better overall for the process. Is there anything
1: that you would have wanted to do for them that you couldn't because of time restraint?
2: Ooh, good question. Um, so, so the scope of the project was basically like we were going to create, we were going to audit their, their organisms. Um, and we were going to create new ones where we needed them. Um, Mm. the thing that we didn't get to do on that project, which I think had we, had we done it over, you know, I'd want to do this is go back after the the usage. So the thing that we just talked about, like once they roll it out, I have confidence that it's going to be, they're going to be good sites because they have a good team. But I, I would still love to be in there and, and, and check it out you know, and, yeah. and make modifications and work with them on that. So As of right now, we haven't scheduled anything like that. Um, and, and The sites are still in development right now, so probably over the year they're going to start rolling them out. But I'd love to, in six months or a year, um, just go back and check those things out and do some more work with them you know, to figure out what, what assumptions we made that were good assumptions and what assumptions we made that were not good, so good assumptions you know, and, and have the opportunity to correct using it. it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, that's excellent. So real quick let's talk about a little bit about sort of how that the workflow looked like with you you know you you're well versed in photoshop you know well versed in sort of traditional like sort of static uh, sort of you know design environments like what does that workflow look like for designing a, a style guide and you know you you've you've talked a little bit about you know, photoshop's new uh, or I should say creative clouds new sort of like libraries panel yeah. like how are you starting to see you know like what's your advice for for people who are well versed in these more static design tools like how do you get them thinking more modular how do you how do you you know what do your deliverables look like like beyond element collages and stuff like that
2: yeah gotcha so my the first piece of advice is don't rely heavily on the deliverable to solve this for you like rely on your listening skills to solve it for you so we did element collages at uh, for this project. And I'm looking at the project hub right now. The the first deliverable that we had was the, the pattern lab spreadsheet. That was the first thing that we gave them. Like here's a spreadsheet mm-hmm. with four sheets, organiz- atoms, molecules, organisms, presets. The second deliverable was a performance budget. The third deliverable was an element collage. And these came within like a few days of each other. The element collage went over super poorly. It was it, it wasn't the right thing for this for this project because they looked at the element collage and they were like, well, we like this is so abstract for us. We're used to working in Pattern Lab. We would rather talk at that level. So this project, they were less concerned about sort of the brand because this was a you know this was a heavily templated site that had to roll out across you know sixty different sites. So each site was going to have its its own brand, you know, mm. its own colors, its own typefaces. Mm. So we we're less concerned with that which I didn't really realize at the time. So I made the wrong deliverable. I made the element collage. And then when we went through it, like, I was thinking in my brain, like this isn't going as well as it should. And they gave us the feedback. They were like, well, we're not really sure what we're looking at and why this is important. So we switched right. gears. You know? So we were like, okay, let's just stop doing the element collage stuff. And I actually went to full comps on that one. I, I, I did small screen and large screen comps. And that gave them a much better idea of like what the sites would be, you know, what the site would look like. So I did, you know, a homepage and, and a subpage, And then from that point, then I started doing element by element. Like I would design organisms. Like I would design, um, right. let's see what we got here. Like there's a, a sidebar, right? That's like a side nav drawer thing. So I designed that and do a couple of variations of that. And then I would do like the article body or like a comment thread, you know, and I would design like organism by organism and each organism I would do at a wide screen and at a small screen. And then while I was designing those things, I would save each one of those organisms as a um, as an asset in the Creative Cloud library. And then, you know, once I got to designing enough organisms, I would test designing pages. So, all right, well, what does the, the article detail page look like? Well, I'll grab this element and this element and this element and this one and this one out of the, the library, and I would build the page in literally, like, 12 seconds because I have all the elements yeah. already designed.
1: And I guess that simulates how... It would, be, it would work for developers as well if they're just grabbing the code.
2: Yep, yeah, exactly. It's like the design equivalent of includes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so like that I, would, I would design pages and just to look at them for myself, and I'd show them to Tim, hey, does this look right? And then we'd make tweaks from there. And some of those I would show to, to the Radio for Europe team, and some of them I wouldn't. Like some of them were just kind of like me validating that these elements work well together. You know, just testing them out. And some of them I didn't. I had questions about, so I'd show them to the team. Hey, what do you guys think of this? And they would say, well, these two things aren't really working well. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought too, so I'll go back and revise that. Um, and that wasn't a process that we planned from the start. So, uh, you know, I don't know the, how we would have been able to, to plan for that. Um, so I think just being kind of adaptable to what your clients are responding well to and, and not well to, and just, you know, knowing that within the time frame you're going to come up with something that's going to be good for the client. You just have to figure out that thing and it's okay to figure it out real time. You know, as long as you're honest with the client about that, you know, I think a lot of people have the fear that, that, well, if we look like we don't know what we're doing then the client's not going to feel good about paying us. I mean, that's partly true, but if you're transparent about it and say, look, there are a number of ways we could do this. We're just not sure which one is right because we haven't worked with mm. you yet. We'll figure that out together. Just have confidence that we'll get to the right end point, you know, but, but trust us that we'll, you know, we'll do stuff in the middle. And luckily, Radio for Europe, they, they trusted us enough to do that. So we got there, just not in the way that we initially charted in the beginning of the project.
1: And that, that system itself means that they can go ahead and when you're gone, build their own pages, their own templates yeah, and totally. you've given them a system
2: Exactly, and, and for them, you know, like we handed off Photoshop files to them and they're like, yeah, we don't care about these because like, <laughs> they didn't use them You know, they, they wanted Pattern Lab files and they've got Pattern Lab, so that was their way of doing it so they I think like it's good client. to be able to hand off
0: Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm like, I love <laughs> I these them. guys <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, totally, I mean, they're, they're a great team to work with, and, and so yeah. like I think it's good to hand your client, you know, here are six ways that you could update the site, pick the flavor that suits you best
0: yep yeah and so so sort of the the last question then would be you know like what would you what would you think would be sort of the, the ideal you know style guide like what what does that look like you know what does that sort of maintainable system look like you know you're from as someone who's sort of handing this stuff off and off and sort of working with organizations to eventually sort of get them up and running on it like what do you what like goes into what what is that perfect system that that allows people to do their jobs uh, to the best of their ability well so i'm i'm still evolving what that definition is for me but
2: i think so far what i've come to is everything that they need to build their site and no more cuz i think one of the things that i i fall into this trap all the time is i want to deliver everything every single element that they could possibly need to build the site like i'm <laughs> going to style the you know the keyboard uh, selector well might, right. they might never ever use that they might they don't even know what that is, you know like i have right, right. spent valuable time and their mind share in looking at a style guide that has the keyboard selector. I mean maybe they would, and and that's okay, like I think there's a fine line between planning for all of the possible scenarios and planning for too many possible scenarios, mm. so I, I think you know and maybe and it kind of speaks to the point that Anna you that you brought up, which is like we just want less classes, you know mm. like and it wasn't because it probably wasn't because you. You wrote too many classes. It was just too much to manage in your head, you know. Like, yeah. so, so I think, um, I think sometimes style guides tend to be too much. Like, I would never mm. use that element. I would never use the sixteenth variation of that alert, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> right, too much, right. you know. So, I think spending more time up front to really understand what elements you're going to need or they're going to need, um, and really making those as tight as possible. I think that's time better spent than. Well, every element possible you know we're going to have twelve pull quotes for them, you know, and then they only end up using one uh you know right. that's a waste of your time, it's a waste of their mind space right. and their you know and mm. and and just wasting that HTML file i
0: guess
1: I guess as long as you've got good fallbacks, it it all comes together
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so to so so try to avoid the kitchen sink it's totally like to say, yep. yeah, oh, that's awesome, yeah. Well, hey Dan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for for being on the show. This is uh, amazing. Oh, it's yeah, my pleasure. Really insightful. So yeah, um, and and thanks again. You know, also for for just all that you're sharing, all that you're putting out there. Um, you know, things like element collages, you know, have become a big thing. And and you know, I travel around and talk to a lot of people, and and it's really inspiring to sort of see, you know, what you could do for for a nonprofit. Yeah, but sort of you know transcend that and sort of come up with it with and, and share these these techniques and tools that that are proving to be really valuable for, for lots of other people. So th- so thanks for for taking the time to you know put all your thoughts and knowledge out there.
2: Oh yeah, I love it. I love doing it. And you know I wouldn't have I wouldn't be where I am if people hadn't shared that kind of stuff with me. So I don't know. I feel like it's only fair to pay it forward.
0: Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. Great chatting and then have a great weekend. Thanks. Same to you guys.